Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 36 of the JMAC Tries podcast. Today is my conversation with the ITU age group world champion, Todd Buckingham. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show dedicated to bringing you conversations of motivation and positivity with badass triathletes. As always, I'm your host, Jason, aka JMac, and uh, a lot of people always ask me where the heck I find my guests from, and mostly it's from social media, just you know, hanging out on Instagram and, and connecting with some really cool people out there in our community, but also it's when I do some races and I see some really really super fast people out there. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the pros. I've definitely had a couple of pros on this show, but more focus on the age groupers that are just crushing it. You know, the really, really pointy end of the, of the spear here in our sport. So uh, when I did nationals, I had the opportunity to um, find out who won the whole thing. Justin Leppert, who I had on last week and got to know the dudes of Nor'easter. And uh, there's another elite age group triathlon team out there called Everyman Jack. And that's where today's guest comes from. So Todd Buckingham had a good showing at nationals and then last minute decides to go overseas and compete in worlds. And he wins the whole freaking thing. So I'm pretty psyched because I get to have the uh, ITU Olympic distance age group world champion on my show today. Todd Buckingham. Great conversation with Todd. Just like Justin, he's a student. Uh, he actually just, Todd just finished his, uh, getting his PhD in exercise physiology at Michigan State. And he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life right now. And uh, he kind of landed in a good job that gave him some more time to train and race, which is why he went over to Australia to race one last race for the year. And like I said, ended up winning the whole freaking thing. So uh, this guy is no slouch when it comes to racing. Um, just over the past three or four years, he's been in the top 10 overall at age group nationals, won his age group a couple times, has a sub 230 marathon PR, and uh, he does all this while, like I said, going to school for his PhD. So fun conversation with Todd. Go check him out on Instagram. He's at ToddBuck1. Go check out his webpage, ToddBuckingham.com. And also, if you're into buying Everyman Jack products, you could use the uh, offer code TBuckingham18 for 25% off your order. So again, Todd Buckingham, a fun conversation with Todd. And uh, we also talk a little bit about cinnamon rolls. <laughs> So without further ado, my conversation with Todd Buckingham. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. That's good. So we're going to get this done before you start hacking up a lot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, and I can't make you laugh either. That's going to make it worse. Oh, I think it'll be all right. I, I, I laugh kind of a lot, so it'll be, it'll be good. Well, that's why I said you're perfect for my show. So it's so this is all about having fun and uh, making fun of ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, well, I will first start by saying congratulations, man. You freaking, you're a world champion. 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it hasn't really sunk in yet. Uh, you know, it was funny. I was prepping for our show, um, doing my research or cyber stalking. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. You know, I wonder what it kind of feels like to just go and just beat every single person in the world <laughs> at our sport. Um, but then I went back and looked at, you know, your background in, in tries and, uh, you know, I'll pump you up. You don't need to do anything, but it's not like this is came out of nowhere. So you have a, you have a pretty amazing pedigree of doing well in races. Um, but you, uh, let's kind of just start here and then we could work our way back. So you, you just got back from Australia where yeah, you yeah. raced in the, uh, uh, it's the, um, uh, world championships, uh, at the Olympic distance against the best amateurs in the world. And, uh, you came in first overall. I did. Yeah. I, uh, that, the, that race was Sunday. The Olympic race was Sunday. And I also did the draft legal sprint on Thursday. Um, so it was, uh, I figured if I'm going all that way, I might as well do two races if I can. So, um, but yeah, the Olympic distance was, was Sunday and, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I was fortunate enough to, to come away with the win, not just in my age group, but overall. So, and let's kind of hang on this for a while. So the Olympic was not draft legal. Um, but what was it? You, did I read correctly that you were kind of not thinking about going out there to do it? And it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I wasn't planning on going to worlds this year because I just graduated, um, from Michigan state with my PhD in exercise physiology. And I was planning to have a faculty position where like I would be starting school in August, September. And I didn't really want to take two weeks out of a new job and go have fun in Australia. You know, that wouldn't be fair to my students. It wouldn't really look great on me as a, a new faculty hire, like who is this guy just coming in and taking two weeks off? So I wasn't planning on doing the race, but I got an opportunity to work at a local hospital that just opened a new sport rehabilitation clinic and they have a sport performance service line that I'm going to kind of um, go work for. And so I haven't started that job yet. And so I've got all this time that is free and I had the opportunity to go to Australia, but I wasn't sure if I could still go because the sign up is, you know, six months ago where you have to register and sign up. And so in, in Cleveland for the national championships, I actually talked to Lauren Rios with USA triathlon and kind of asked her, I was like, you know, I know it's like a month before mm -hmm. the race, but is there any chance that I can still go? And so she, I don't know what she did, what string she pulled or who she had to bribe to get me to go, but, um, she got me, she got me in the, uh, the Olympic and the sprint distance race. So yeah, it, uh, I, I didn't have my flight or a hotel or anything booked until I think like a week before I actually left is when I had everything sorted. And even then I was still booking flights in Australia, like after the race on Sunday. So, um, yeah, it was kind of out of character for me because usually I'm a, I'm a very planned and calculated person 
and this was just kind of super um, spontaneous and very last minute. So it was fun to be able to just kind of go and and have a spontaneous trip. Yeah, I mean, maybe you found the secret sauce, right? You went in with <laughs> zero. Well, I don't want look. I will put words in your mouth and say zero expectation, but I'm assuming you knew you had a chance of doing well. Absolutely. You know, somebody asked me before the race on Thursday, I think it was, they said, so do you think you have a chance? And, and I always think that I have a chance, you know, I I think that self-belief is something that's often underlooked or underemphasized because if you're not going to believe in yourself, then who's going to. So I always think I have a chance, but it depends who shows up and, you know, I can only do the best that I can do and, and not really worry about what anybody else is going to do. But I did Worlds two years ago in Cozumel, and I finished third in my age group. So I definitely wanted to get on the podium. Um, and I did, uh, I did some research before I went and checked out the guys who were in my age group in both races, and I kind of looked at their previous – race performances and saw like, okay, here's a guy who I have to look out for and and these are going to be my top competitors. And so after I did that for all, I don't know, 60 or 70 guys in my age group (laughs) races, uh, I kind of knew that there were probably a a dozen or so guys in both races that I would have to uh, contend with. So yeah, I I knew that I had a chance and it turns out that uh, that worked out pretty well for me. Yeah. Yeah. And right. So self-believing is obviously the very important. I'm sure, you know, you've been racing a while, so you know that going in, but then also to your point, it depends on who shows up, but this is, I mean, this is everybody, the whole world that had a chance to be there, not just uh, people in the United States. And you had raced nationals in Cleveland um, just a couple, was it a month earlier? Cause I was there too. So it was yeah. in, early yes it was about a month right yeah yep. so you were obviously trained for the olympic distance um but you didn't i mean you so you know you came in first in your age group in cleveland but seventh overall so yeah right? so that's so is there yeah. a story <laughs> yeah, i got a story for you so okay, cool. two, two years ago at nationals i was the overall winner um yep I'll even take it back one year previous. So 2015 was my first year doing age group nationals and I finished eighth overall 2016. I was the overall winner and 2017, I finished third overall. This year was a little different. We were in Cleveland and the swim was in Lake Erie. The swim sucked. The swim sucked, man. It depends depends when you started. So my wave didn't go off until I think it was like nine o'clock. So you were right after me because. So ours was way late. So the 30 to 34 age group started at seven. The 20 to 24 age group started a little after eight. And the six guys who beat me, the top three were 20 to 24. The next three were 30 to 34. And then it was me. So what I did, so using putting my PhD research skills to use, I went back (laughs) through the 10 years of, national championship results. So, um, you know, all the way back to 2008 and looked at the top 50 places and what age group they were in and compared them to this year. 
because in previous years, the, the race has never, or the swim portion of the race has never been in a body of water, like Lake Erie, where it's kind of exposed to the elements, you know, in Milwaukee, it was in Lake Michigan, but it was in a protected cove, Omaha. It was in that small Carter Lake, but this year, the water conditions changed drastically from 7 a.m. till 9 a.m. when the last wave went off. So I compared the results from this year to the previous 10 years, and I found that in the top 10, 25, and 50 places, the, the age groups who went off first, so the 30 to 34 men and the 40 to 44 women, had a 200 to 250% increase in the number of finishers who finished in the top 10, 25, and 50. So... Um, yeah, I'm a little salty about my <laughs> finishing and especially because, you know, I'd finished on the podium the last two years and I was fully expecting to be on the podium again. I only finished a minute and eight seconds out of third place overall. And, um, one of the guys who finished, I think he was fifth, he finished fifth at nationals this year. Last year, I beat him by four minutes because oh, we were in the same, the same age group. And then at world, I beat him by a minute and at nationals this year, he beat me by 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and even the guy who finished second overall at nationals this year, he raced worlds also. And again, I, I beat him by over a minute. So I don't think that nationals this year was really representative of my fitness. A lot of it had to do with definitely the swim and then the course congestion because yeah. you're one of the last age groups to go off and the 30, 34s, had clear sailing so yeah i'm a little i'm a little salty about it <laughs> but you know i think that especially even the day after the, the olympic distance i finished third in the sprint distance so i mean that kind of solidified my belief in that like i'm definitely not seventh overall and then the results that i had at world even further cemented that yeah and i mean and you you came in nationals this year you came in first in your age group so mm -hmm. going against the people that started the exact same time as you um you clearly were you know came in first there's i you know so i'm glad you said that because i told i consider myself a good swimmer um and that swim was one of the worst open water swims i've ever done okay good i, I told people that and they're like no i'm like oh trust me so it was <laughs> like, like two, two foot waves cresting above your head like every time you go to sight you can't see anything because there's a wave in front of you so yeah it was that was probably the uh the most difficult swim conditions that i have ever had to participate in okay good you heard it here first everybody it was a tough <laughs> race um so oh, i promise <laughs> so so you go to worlds you crush it um then so what was the conditions like over there in australia they were actually really great. So it's there. It's like the end of their winter, beginning of their spring. So they're on exactly the opposite um, weather situation that we are. So, you know, it's the end of our summer, beginning of our fall. So, but their winters are super mild. I mean, it's very similar to what Michigan is like right now. So it was in the mid seventies. It was pretty windy because we were on the coast, but early in the morning, it really wasn't that big a deal. But, I mean, it was perfect for me. Sunday morning, the race was – mine started at 6.30, and it was cool. It was sunny. The wind wasn't that bad. And, I mean, it just – it was the perfect setup for me. Now, you had um, 
I was kind of just going through the numbers. So the, the, the guy that came in third overall was also in your age group. So was it a age group start? Yes. Yep. So it was age group start. So we were the third age group to go off. So I think like the 18, 19s were first, then the 20, 24s, 25, 29, 30, 34, so on. So yeah, I knew that, that he and I were really close. So we both raced on Thursday as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I beat him by a minute on Thursday and he, so he's a really good swimmer and cyclist. So his swim, I mean, he was out of the water almost two minutes ahead of me on Sunday at the Olympic. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. And I mean, swimming's not my strength, so I'm not terrible, but it's definitely an area that I can improve at. But he, uh, he and I had almost identical bike splits. I think I was like three seconds faster than him on the bike. Um, so I had a lot of work to do on the run and I knew from Thursday's race where I was about a minute down coming off the bike to him. Uh, and then I ended up catching him in the sprint race with, with a minute deficit. I came off the bike with about a two minute deficit on Sunday and I was like, okay, you know, should be no problem. I beat him by a minute in the sprint after coming down off the bike a minute down. And so now I'm two minutes down. That's right where I thought I was going to be. But after the first lap of the run, I was still a minute down. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is going to come down to basically a photo finish if I don't kick it into gear right now. And, um, and so I, I started pushing it that last 5K, well, the last three miles. The run course was a little short. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Cause I definitely did not run a 31, 25, 10 K. Okay. <laughs> It'll be like a 92nd 10 K open PR for me. So, um, yeah, I had it about six miles and not 6.2, but, um, I really kicked it into gear that last three miles and ended up catching him with just under a mile and a half left. And, uh, and I knew that nobody was going to come back on me, but, I really wanted the overall win too. And since everybody starts at different times, you really have no idea right. where, where they are. So I just ran hard that last mile and a half and uh, a couple minutes after I finished, cause you have to wait for the other age groups to come in and kind of see, um, cause you never know whether it's going to be a 30, 34 or maybe even a 40, 44 who's, competing for the overall win so i had to wait a few minutes but um after those age groups started coming in and uh and i saw that i was the, the overall winner that was pretty cool that's awesome so um so yes yeah, so you knew and then what what was what was like going through your head at that time like holy shit what did i just do <laughs> well i was actually in the drug tent so yeah. they uh, they tested me i got tested thursday and sunday which was kind of a bummer because I mean I really appreciate them doing the testing because I think it's it's necessary but every time I get tested it takes me forever to give a sample and for those that don't know and it always takes me forever to have to go because I'm so dehydrated yep. so because I really just want to like celebrate both my parents were there and I had a lot of friends there and I really just wanted to be able to celebrate with them and so um you know i was just sitting in the drug tent like okay this is great you know i can't 
really celebrate with them because <laughs> I got to give my sample. So once I, once I got out, you know, it was maybe two hours after the finish. And so kind of the excitement had worn, worn down a little bit, right. um, but it was still fun as I was walking um, through the venue and, and everybody was congratulating me. Um, that was, that was pretty special. That's awesome. I want to just really quick go back to the sprint for a second. Cause I wrote this down. Um, so the, the men's 16 to 19 year olds <laughs> came in one through fifth. One through six, I think. One through six, okay, and then and then you were in seven. So, yeah. what that like? What the hell are they do to all those young kids? <laughs> so there's a couple things. And you're not <laughs> even old. I mean, I'm old. You're young, and these kids are just like crazy. Sometimes I feel pretty old, right. but the 16 to 19s. A lot of times, the the guys who are really really fast, but not fast enough to make like their junior team, yep. they'll race. They'll race the age group, but also it really depends because Thursday was draft legal. Ah. So it really depends on the group that you had and how well you work together. So I was with a group, it was me and four Aussies on the bike together. And I was just kind of like, I'm a little outnumbered here. So I'm just going to sit back and make sure that, you know, they don't work as a team to kind of like drop, drop me or anything. Um, So I, I don't think we were working as well together as we could have because the guy who, who finished second to me, he was off the front on his own and we didn't make up any time on him as a group of five. So we really didn't work that well together where I think the 16 to 19s did because their bike splits were like 28 and mine was, I think, 30. So the, the winner ended up beating me by two minutes and that was basically where it came in was, was on the bike. So yeah, they, uh, it was funny just looking at the, the overall results, like 16, 19, 16, 19. Right. And everybody's like, how could you let those young kids beat you? And I'm like, look, okay, it's kind of out of my control. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, they're obviously studs, so um, I don't feel too bad about uh, not, not winning the overall in the, the sprint. That's awesome. And then did they race in, in the Olympic? I don't think they did. Um, honestly, I, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah look at the results i mean i feel like they would have been up in the top however many but um they were probably just doing the, the draft league got it so so now what so i mean what what's what what are you thinking about now anything or is this kind of like a lot on your mind that, that is a good question okay. um so i think i might do long course nationals in november but I'm not really sure. I primarily do the Olympic distance. I did 170.3 last year and about 30 miles into the bike, I was ready to be done. <laughs> I still had like 26 miles to go and then to run a half marathon. Um, so that really wasn't that enjoyable. Um, that being said, it was the week after nationals last year. So I really hadn't trained for it at all. I just kind of did it for fun. Um, so I might do long course nationals in November, but still kind of undecided. A lot of it depends on what happens with uh, my new job, which I haven't started yet. And I really don't know when it's going to start. So um, if I can take time off work for, for that and go down there, then, uh, then I will. But right now I'm just kind of uh, enjoying unemployment and 
<laughs> trying not to get too bored. But like I said, I just I just graduated uh, from Michigan State in August with, with my PhD. So I, I spent a lot of time writing my dissertation. It's 150 pages and like 40,000 words. So um, I'm actually preparing a couple manuscripts to submit to like scientific journals for publication on that. So that's kind of what I'm up to right now. Definitely just kind of taking a break from any serious training for the time being. Is the thought of going pro ever crossed your mind? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have asked me like, sure. oh, so are you going to go pro? Or are you and the other friends who are kind of not really tuned into the triathlon scene, like, when are you going to the Olympics? Right. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've thought about it. Um, you know, the, the problem with the pro scene is that the Olympic distance race, like there really are no pro races anymore yep. unless, unless you're going ITU. Um, and my swim is so far behind where it would need to be in order to be competitive because of that. That's a draft legal format. Like I was telling you, the guy at, world can beat me out of the water by two minutes yeah his swim in some of the races that like he does is like bottom half to back of the pack um (laughs) in those those pro races so i would be literally like the last one out of the water and i would probably get lapped out the first lap of the bike (laughs) so um to, to go pro i would have to step it up to the 70.3 70.3 distance and like I said last year I did one and it was like the longest experience of my life um, that means I, I was like a marathon runner before I got into the triathlon um, I really enjoy the marathon distance so um, it's just really like a two to two and a half hour time frame that is really good for me anything longer than that and uh, and I start to kind of I don't think it bored but yeah. It just gets it gets more difficult because I'm not great at the nutritional aspect. And when you go longer than two and a half hours, that becomes a big component. Yeah, I mean, you from what I saw, you have a sub two thirty marathon PR. Yeah, two twenty eight thirty something is my Jesus. my PR. So that was set in May of 2015, right before I I started to get serious about triathlon. And how did you, but you also have a background in baseball, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I played, I played baseball, basketball, and soccer in high school. And then I played baseball in college. And uh, when I was done with baseball, I, I needed something to do. And my mom had signed our family up for the Warrior Dash race yep. series. So yeah, for those that don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the Spartan race, except a little shorter. So like a 5k mud run obstacle course type thing. And I, I was, I was thinking to myself, well, I should probably be able to run a 5k alone before I try to do it through the mud obstacles. And so I started running a bit and some of the guys on my, uh, some, some of my friends who are on the cross country team. Um, I was trying to run with them and they're doing their easy runs at six thirty pace and I'm like dying to hang on for half a mile. Um, and then obviously like the more you do it, the better you get. And, and so I got into marathoning and then a girl I was dating at the time, her and her roommates were doing a triathlon 
and I had seen the Ironman World Championships on TV, and I was like, oh, yeah, that looks really cool. I should do that. I didn't have a bike. Um, the, the only swimming that I had ever done was, like, at the community pool. You know, you get, like, your little blue button so that you can swim in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so that was about the extent of my swimming background. And like I said, I didn't even have a bike. So I bought a bike maybe, like, a week before my first race. And... Uh, and I did my first race and I got out of the water and I felt just like so disoriented. I couldn't stand up straight. I was like wobbling. Uh, and I got to run and like these old guys are passing me and like big beer bullies. I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> so um, it was definitely an interesting first uh, triathlon experience. And uh, I'm glad that I stuck with it. I mean, I, I'm a pretty competitive person. My family likes to uh likes to make a joke and we say yeah Todd's not competitive but he's gonna win so <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of our little thing so uh yeah after after that first one I was like okay I this can't happen again it needs to get better so here we are I don't know five years later yeah and it looks like most of your you know most of your racing done at the olympic distance so that's kind of your thing like anything around two hours or two two and a half for a marathon and you're just done yeah yep um i mean the nutritional component doesn't come into play as much um, in yep. these shorter distance races so you know like I, I just have trouble stomaching all the gels and and water while i'm out running riding whatever it is um so it's uh if i do step up to the 70.3 distance it'll it'll just be another component of training i mean i think nutrition is like the fourth component of an ironman or the fourth discipline with the the ironman and the 70.3 distance because it's it's basically like a nutrition competition with some exercise thrown in right you know you uh you have to eat a lot in order to sustain that intensity level for whether it's four to eight or nine hours if you're doing an Ironman. So, um, yeah, I definitely, if, if I step up to the distance, I'll have to, to get better at that. And it's just like training anything else. So um, I'm sure that I could do it. But, yeah, at this point, I really enjoy the, the Olympic because if I have a bad race, I could hop in another one next weekend and no problem. But the 70.3 and Ironman, that's kind of tough to, to do back-to-back -to -back weekends. Yeah, you're putting all your eggs in one basket with those <laughs> training-wise, season-wise, uh, race-wise. Yeah, I give you guys a lot of credit that, went, that are doing the back-to-backs sprint and Olympic. I actually just went out the night of nationals and went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and just partied all night and then <laughs> <laughs> drove back to Connecticut the next day. You probably did the same thing and just woke up and came in, you know, came in oh, third over on the spring. <laughs> Does anybody do that? Yeah, totally. All you young guys. Uh, or you're not, you're not young anymore, Todd, because you're getting beat by 16-year-olds. So. I guess, I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, listen, man, as we wrap this up, I want to I wanna, I wanna go down one more path. Um, your cinnamon roll fetish? <laughs> uh, I don't know about fetish. I would okay. say obsession or okay. deep appreciation. How is that? It sounds, sounds a little better. Deep appreciation. <laughs> yeah. So, gosh, I don't even know how it started. I think it was after like one of my first races. Um, I, 
I went out to eat and they had like a cinnamon roll and I was like, Oh, that sounds really good. Like a nice post-race treat for me. Um, and so I got a cinnamon roll and then after the next race I did, I got a cinnamon roll. And so now it's kind of like a post-race tradition, but it's also kind of taken on a life of its own where anytime I go somewhere new, I have to try like a local cinnamon roll and not like a Cinnabon or anything like that from the grocery store. Like I'm kind of a cinnamon roll. Um, I'll find a local bakery or a local breakfast place that serves cinnamon rolls and, uh, and I'll, I'll eat a cinnamon roll and kind of like rank it on my, on my scale. I've had over a hundred cinnamon rolls from different places. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a lot. People, people always say like, I don't know how you stay so thin with all the cinnamon rolls you eat. Um, but I've had, I've had cinnamon rolls from, gosh, let's see, probably like a dozen different States. I had a couple in Australia. Uh, I had one in Cozumel when I was down there. So, uh, oh, and Canada. I've also had it from Canada. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I, I've got a website with, all of the cinnamon rolls that I've ever eaten. Um, if you want to check that out, it's tottenhamcom slash cinnamon rolls. So there are uh, quite a few. And um, yeah, I'm definitely looking for like the best cinnamon roll out there. The best one that I've had so far is from a little place called Heavenly Biscuit in Fort Myers Beach, Florida. And I guess, I don't know if you know of a place that serves cinnamon rolls, that I should check out. You got to let me know because uh, I'm on the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Yeah. Your website cracked me up. So I was kind of, like I said, doing some research. It's like, here's all your results. Here's your blog. And here's a whole cinnamon roll section. I'm like what the heck is this? <laughs> But maybe, maybe that's, you figured it out. You could, you know, some sort of cinnamon roll company that, uh, you know, from a nutrition standpoint where you could just eat cinnamon rolls the whole time on your bike. Man, if I could get sponsored by a cinnamon roll company, that, that is the dream. Right. Like, <laughs> I think we got to hook you up with Jesse Thomas and Picky Bars. You could do a whole cinnamon roll line. Yeah, we could do like a cinnamon roll flavor. I've actually, so uh, I'm on the Everyman Jack triathlon team and we're sponsored by goo and, uh, and I've talked to Goo about like you guys need to come up with like a cinnamon roll flavored Goo. So I'm hoping that hoping that they uh, they come out with something because I could definitely stomach that for 56 miles on a bike for sure. <laughs> Complete with the frosting as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have one one pack for the frosting and one pack for the cinnamon roll. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well listen Todd I truly appreciate you taking uh 30 plus minutes of your day to chat with me I, I had a good time talking to you hey Jason the pleasure is all mine I really appreciate it and uh yeah thanks for having me on yeah so uh, I'll put all your your in information in the show notes uh toddbuckingham.com you're at toddbuck1 on Instagram uh, again, you're sponsored by Everyman Jack, so check those guys out. And uh, you're always looking for cinnamon roll recommendations. Absolutely, yeah. And I think if I can do a quick plug for Everyman Jack, real please quick. do. Yes, please do. Um, Everyman Jack is uh, for those that don't know, it's a men's performance product line, and we make things like body wash, shampoo, shave kits, um, lots of stuff. Beard oil. If if you got a nice thick beard, I personally look like I am maybe like 16. So <laughs> I don't have to use the beard oil. Um, but, uh, it's a great company, all natural products. Um, 
free, cruelty-free, never tested on animals. We also have a women's line called Own Beauty. And if you go onto the website, everymanjack.com or ownbeauty.com, you can check out some of the scents and different products. And if you want to get 25% off, you can use my code TBuckingham18 to get 25% off your order at either everymanjack.com or ownbeauty.com. So um, good products, great company, and you know I, I wouldn't be here without those guys because um, just the support from the team and the, the motivation from my teammates, gosh, we got guys on the team who put what I did in Australia to shame. I mean, overall Ironman winners and, you know, top finishers at every race that they do, meeting like all of the pros. So, um, yeah, those guys, it makes it easy to get out and train when I know that they're putting in all the work that they do. So yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be here today without them. Yeah, they've been um, – I love seeing them at all the races, a bunch of cool dudes. Uh, yeah, they're always in the front. <laughs> and, um, where um, – are there any guys local with you, or is it more of a global presence? Well, we're primarily based in the U.S. We've got a couple Canadian guys on the team. Um, but it, the company started in the Bay Area in, uh, in California. And it's kind of expanded across the country in recent years. So this is my second year on the team. Um, and we've got a couple other guys who live in Michigan. Um, ben Hammer lives in Grand Rapids with me. Ryan Linden, who is Des Linden's husband, is on our team. And, uh, and he lives in Michigan. And uh, Justin Herrick is another guy who, who lives in Michigan. But we're kind of all spread out. So Justin and Ryan are kind of on the east side of the state, while Ben and I are on the west side. So we don't get to train together a whole lot. But we'll often do some of the same races just because, you know, we're local and, uh, and we like to support the local racing. That's been one of the big things for every man Jack, um, this year is, is promoting and supporting local racing because, you know, giving back to the community. I mean, triathlon has done so much for us and, and we are uh, really trying to give back to the local community and, uh, and local racing is a great way to support that. Cool. Well, I appreciate you putting that out there, and I'll definitely put your discount code in the show notes as well for everybody to check it out. Yeah, please do. And uh, and any any cinnamon roll recommendations before we leave? <laughs> oh man. Well, it depends where you are. Um, in Michigan, there are uh, there are a bunch of good places, but I think uh, Anna's house in Grand Rapids is is my favorite in Michigan. Uh, just a little breakfast restaurant and. They, uh, what they do, they actually cut their cinnamon roll in half, like top and bottom, and then they grill it on the flat top. Oh man. So good. Um, but obviously, like I said, Fort Myers beach, Florida, the heavenly biscuit. Um, yeah, but I've got places out in California and Colorado. I think I've even had one in Connecticut. All right. We did it. I told you another fun conversation this time with Todd Buckingham and we got disconnected at the end, but we were just getting into the cinnamon rolls part of our conversation. So uh, go to Todd's website, which is toddbuckingham.com, and there's an entire section on cinnamon rolls. So go check him out on Instagram as well. He's at toddbuck1 and see what the future holds for Todd. It is definitely bright and a lot of fun. And then we'll finally use the uh, offer code TBuckingham18 to get a 25% discount 
on Everyman Jack products. You can check them out at EMJ Tri Team on Instagram. All right, that's all I have for you this week. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tag JMAC Tries everywhere you go on social. And until next time, we will talk soon.